Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 1st of August, 2022, the 4th of Ab, 572, coming to you from beautiful Jerusalem, just outside the walls of the old city, on another glorious day in the Jewish state. Hope you're safe. Hope you are well. Again, touch with me during the week, Josh, at thelandofisrael.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, the social media platform of your choice been real busy around here for me over the last several days. On Friday, I had the honor and privilege of spending several hours with Ben Shapiro, the one and only, giving him a tour of Gush Etzion, showing him the sights. Shapiro, of course, the prominent broadcaster, pundit, author, and on and on and on, defender of Israel and of many morals and values which I hold dear. So it was truly an honor to have him uh, both in Israel and in Gush Etzion. That was great. Uh, yesterday, I spent a good portion of the day at the YMCA here in Jerusalem with NBA center slash power forward Ennis Cantor Freedom. He is a Muslim from Turkey who basically has been uh, excommunicated by Turkey for some of the comments he's made about the regime in that country, uh, things he said about China. The guy is uh, the real deal. He is a human rights activist. He loves Israel. He speaks out against hatred and against anti-Semitism. And he's here in Israel touring the country, giving clinics, basketball clinics for kids in different places throughout Israel. So that was an amazing experience. And then hopefully later today, I will head back to the YMCA. There's another basketball clinic which is said to be run by Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl, who has his basketball players here, his team is here, and they are set to, t- uh, to take on uh, different Israeli teams and exhibition games leading up to the NCAA college basketball season in the U.S. So a lot of things going on here. The tourists are just packing it in. It has not been like this since before all the lockdowns with Corona, so many tourists, so much, you know, traffic just in the streets, whether cars or human traffic, people going into the old city of Jerusalem, especially on Mondays and Thursdays, because that's when the bar mitzvahs take place at the Western Wall at the Kotel. Just a real festive atmosphere uh, throughout Israel, even now, as we are in the, the nine day uh, period leading up to Tisha B'Av, the saddest day on the Jewish calendar. So let's not forget about that, the fast taking place this Sunday, uh, commemorating the destruction of both temples in Jerusalem, along with many other calamities throughout the history of the Jewish people. Uh, of course, a special focus also on the fact that here we are now, 17 years after the Jewish community of Gush Katif in Gaza, was expelled um, by us, by Israel. We did it to ourselves. And of course, we got in return a Hamas takeover, an increase in rockets by 500%, at least four IDF military uh, military operations in Gaza, and everything else as a result from pulling the Jews out of their homes and pulling the army out of uh, Gaza. And that's where we are. So on one hand, we are commemorating the nine days leading up to Tisha B'Av, the saddest day. On the other hand, walking through the streets of Jerusalem, you see that 
Jerusalem. We don't have the temple, of course, but to uh, to a great degree, Jerusalem has been rebuilt. I'm not saying it's over. A long way to go. But it's just amazing to see so many people here in the streets of Jerusalem. Turning to the news, we'll start with this story uh, out of several uh, several news outlets, uh, including JNS, Israel Yom, and the Jerusalem Post, uh, reporting that the security cabinet on Sunday, Israel's security cabinet, voted to deduct 600 million shekel from tax and tariffs collected for the Palestinian Authority, as it is legally required to do so annually, so long as the PA pays terrorists who attacked Israel. So Israel has the right, again, this goes way back to the Oslo Accords, where the deal was Israel would collect these taxes and tariffs. So Israel says that it is withholding the same dollar or shekel amount in payment uh, as in accordance, rather, in accordance with what the Palestinian Authority pays for their pay-to-slay program. The, uh, the deduction will be made over the course of the coming 12 months. Of course, the PAs, as I just said, the PA's policy of paying terrorists or their families has been nicknamed pay for slay. While the Arabs, by the way, what do they call it? They call it a martyr's fund because they are proud of the actions, uh, the murderous actions which, were take, which took place under those who live under their authority or those who live under Hamas. And of course, it is on a sliding scale. The more Jews you murder, the more Israelis you murder, the more money you get, the more the PA pays those terrorists. And here's that's sick, of course. And here uh, you have Health Minister Nitzan Horowitz, who abstained from Sunday Security Council, Security Cabinet vote. Um, he did not vote against Israel withholding the funds. He abstained which is insane. Uh, in closed doors meetings, closed door meetings, according to the J Post, he said that cooperation with the PA on security and civil matters is important and the deduction makes it more difficult. So he's okay with money going to the PA, basically knowing that the money will go towards terrorists because, you know, we have to have uh, collaboration with the PA. Dedu deducting that money will make it more difficult and whatnot. However, and here Horowitz gets it right, he pointed out that a large part of the deductions in recent years were actually paid back to the PA in the form of loans. In other words, okay, even though Israel claims that it will deduct these PA tax funds, there are creative ways to let that tax revenue in. This is a big sham. And according here, Israel Yom via JNS says Israel has already said it will again in the future transfer hundreds of millions of shekels in the form of loans to the Palestinian Authority, despite the cabinet vote on Sunday to withhold an almost equivalent amount that would otherwise be transferred to Ramallah if not for its pay-to-slay uh, pay program. Creative ways to go ahead and give them the money. So basically, this cabinet vote is irrelevant because they're going to get the money anyway. Uh, back to the J Post report here, Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs senior researcher, Brigadier General in the Reserves, Yossi Cooperwasser, said that PA Ma uh, President Mahmoud Abbas has no reason to worry. He has no reason to worry because 
he says that Defense Minister Bunny Gans will find another arrangement, and it looks like well, they found another arrangement, just as the Biden administration circumvented the Taylor Force Act, which stops U.S. funding for the PA as long as the Pay for Slave program remains in place. How did Biden do it? Do it? Donating to UNRWA, Palestinian hospitals, finding ways to transfer money over, even though by law, under the Taylor Force Act, they are not allowed to transfer, transfer funds to the PA as long as they continue to pay terrorists. So the U.S. is doing it and Israel is doing it. And to me, the fact that Israel's finding ways to send over money, which is going to be used to pay terrorists, is an embarrassment. It's a sham. Okay, we're criticizing the world for sending over funds to the PA. And if I'm not mistaken, the Palestinian Authority is the highest recipient of international funding in the world. And we're doing it ourselves. So first, we have to look in the mirror. Okay, we have to look in the mirror about our own policies. And before we criticize the world for funding the PA, knowing that the money is going to go to pay the terrorists, the salaries of the terrorists, we have to look in the mirror. And, and after all that, after everything I just said now, the fact that the PA is still going to get the money, how did they respond? I don't think there's any coincidence here. How did they respond to yesterday's decision in the Israeli cabinet? It was reported this morning in the Jerusalem Post, the Palestinian Authority increased its monthly payments to the terrorists responsible for the deadly attack at Hebrew University in 2002, 20 years ago based on a report from Palestinian Media Watch. The 14.29% raise in the salaries of the four terrorists coincided with the 20th anniversary of the bombing, which was on Sunday, exactly 20 years ago today, or yesterday, rather. And the PA is increasing the monthly payments from 7,000 shekel per month to 8,000 for each of the terrorists. They will also receive a supplement of 300 shekel per month because they were residents of Jerusalem. This is how they commemorate our so-called peace partners, right? This is how they commemorate a bombing, a murderous bombing. They decide to pay the terrorists more. And we are trying to find creative ways to let the tax revenue money in. A sham, an embarrassment. We need to look, our government needs to look in the mirror. And it's not just this government. Governments in the past have done this as well, claimed that they were going to withhold the tax revenues and found other creative ways to make sure the PA gets their money. So this is just a, a sad state of affairs. It is horrible, weak. It is weak, these policies, and it just rewards terror. So that is where we stand on that issue. It makes my blood boil that this is where we are, folks. We don't want to disturb the PA, right? And there'll be a lack of collaboration, cooperation. They can pay terrorists all they want. And we're not going to do a thing. We're going to take a symbolic gesture and still get them their money. So that's where we are, folks. Sorry. Sorry to be so negative and start with that news item. But that's what's going on, folks. Just another example of who the Palestinian Authority is. The J-Post reported this morning, Khalid Abu Tuama says the families of dozens of, uh, he calls Palestinians, held in PA prisons and detention centers have called for the release of the, the detain uh, detainees. The families and human rights activists claim that some of the, sorry, I can't say that word. Some of the detainees were brutally tortured while being held in the PA's Jericho prison, which is notably 
notoriously rather referred to many as the Jericho slaughterhouse. So this is what's going on under the Palestinian Authority. They're torturing their own people, human rights activists, and anybody who opens their mouth against the PA. Where are the Israeli or European NGOs on this matter? Why aren't they calling out the PA? Because that would disturb the narrative. Okay, how can they possibly fund? They'll find a way to do it anyway. But how can they fund the PA if the PA is a brutal, torturous regime? that imprisons and then tortures people in a place that they call the Jericho Slaughterhouse. How can they possibly fund them? They'll still find a way, but nevertheless, there is crickets. Crickets from the human, so-called human rights organizations because they're too busy obsessing over Israel. They don't have the time or the will, mostly the will, to look into what's going on under the PA. Instead, if a Jew builds a pergola... In Judea and Samaria, I actually mentioned this to Ben Shapiro the other day. If a Jew builds a pergola in Judea and Samaria, the UN Security Council, 5 o'clock in the morning, will hold an emergency session on Christmas Day. 5 a.m. Christmas Day, a pergola goes up in a Jewish community in Judea and Samaria. These guys are getting out of bed, putting on their slippers, and getting to the meeting. But the PA tortures its own people, and what do we get? We get crickets. That's the hypocrisy, folks. But nevertheless, at the same time, the brave men and women of the IDF continue on a nightly basis to make arrests, to hunt down and find the terrorists and bring them to justice. Times of Israel says that Israeli troops raided the homes of 39 Arabs under the PA, which, uh, with alleged ties to Hamas, Overnight, this was uh, overnight last night between Sunday and Monday. According to the IDF, 13 wanted Arabs were detained during the raids. The IDF said the aim was to arrest and question those Arabs with ties to Hamas and others involved in alleged terror activity. Amid the arrest operations, dozens of PA Arabs hurled stones and firebombs at troops at a number of locations. The IDF said no soldiers were hurt. And this is the reason why 95% of attacks are thwarted. Maybe people don't realize that fact, but thanks to the brave men and women of the IDF, 95% of attacks thwarted because the IDF has the ability to make these nightly arrests, to go into the villages, even if they're in Area A, and arrest the terrorists, as opposed to Gaza, where terrorists rule the streets and Israel has no access on the ground. I just mentioned now, it's been 17 years to the week, this week, in which we expelled, we, our government, expelled all Israeli civ uh, civilians, pulled our army out of Gaza, four wars at least since, at least four major military operations, if not more, and they are ready, Hamas is ready at a moment's notice to fire more rockets. So where did it get us from pulling out of Gush Katif, pulling out of Gaza? That's the question we should be asking ourselves here. 17 years later. Iran in the news. You know, the threat, the Iranian threat is only Israel's problem or the problem of the Gulf states. It's also a problem of the United States and the world. The J-Post yesterday reported that Iran said we'll build nukes and turn New York into hellish ruins.
Iran's, to be specific, Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, a terror organization, by the way, is planning to construct nuclear warheads and has threatened to pulverize New York, it said on two of its affiliated uh, Telegram channels on Saturday. So that's what Iran is saying, claiming that if one of their facilities is targeted, they will use another facility to build nuclear weapons. This is what they're saying openly. According to this report, uh, there's a video which was put out declaring that Iran's regime will develop nuclear weapons in a rapid-fire period of time if the U.S. or the Zionist regime, by the way, they never say the the word Israel, make any stupid mistakes. And the video threatens to rather threatens that Iran and its ballistic missiles have the capability of turning New York into hellish ruins. So not only do they threat the Zionists, of course, again, they don't say Israel, but they threaten the United States, they threaten New York, they threaten the U.S., openly calling for the destruction of the United States. Again, not just an Israeli problem or an Israel problem, it's a problem for the world, but the Biden administration, of course, committed still committed to letting them off the hook and going back to the bad nuclear deal, which will pave the way for them to acquire nuclear weapons. When is the world going to take a stand? When it's too late? Of course, Israel is target number one, the little Satan, which they call us. And then the U.S., the big Satan, target number two. And now they're saying it openly and honestly. And the question is, who is listening? Are the Americans listening? Are the Europeans listening? Is the UN listening? I, I doubt that. We're listening here in Israel. But the threat to the US is open and in public. And let's see what the United States does or the world community. Switching gears here. And also reported here by several news outlets, including JNS, Times of Israel, and others. Prime Minister Yair Lapid demanded United Nations Security General Antonio Guterres disband his organization's ongoing open-ended commission of inquiry into last year's 11-day fight between Israel and Hamas in Gaza. Lapid said it should be disbanded because of anti-Semitic remarks made by one of the members of this hate commission on Israel. Milun Kothari, a member of the commission, told a podcast last week that the so-called Jewish lobby was controlling social media and questioned why Israel is allowed to be a member of the UN, which sparked widespread criticism and calls for his dismissal or the commission's disbanding. Of course, he should be dismissed, and of course, this commission should be disbanded. Uh, The head of the commission, of course, claimed the remarks had been misrepresented, And the U.N.'s top rights official has asked for clarifications. But Yair Lapid sent this uh, note to the head of the U.N. General Assembly, or rather the U.N. Secretary General, calling for this commission to be disbanded. And uh, let's see what happens. I doubt that the U.N. will do anything because this is like a core principle, hating on Israel. And in this case hating on the Jews, using openly anti-Semitic wording, the social media largely controlled by the Jewish lobby. 
he said this openly, and I, you know what? I appreciate these comments about the Jewish lobby. At least this guy isn't pretending he loves the Jews and only hates Zionists or Israel. This Kothari guy openly shows he's an anti-Semite. So I can appreciate that. Not like the rest of these phony UN uh, people or Jew haters who claim, you know, my best friend is Jewish as they try to tear apart the one and only Jewish state. And claim, no, we're not anti-Semites. We are just against Israel. We're just against the Zionists. This is what they claim. It's always like that. My best friend's a Jew. Of course I'm not an anti-Semite. This guy flat out talks about the Jewish lobby and how the Jews control social media. So thank you, uh, anti-Semite hater, for your honesty. At least we have that. Again, I don't think the UN's going to budge. I don't think they're going to move. I think they're, they're going to keep this open-ended. We're the only country who has these open-ended commissions against us, whether at the uh, UN in New York or the Human Rights Council, wherever it is, they have these open-ended uh, commissions against Israel and the Jews all the time. Some good news. Yeah, it's about time we had some good news here. Uh, Israelis in the Jewish community of Hebron announced that they have purchased a three-story building near the tomb of the patriarchs. This is the second such publication of property acquisition this year. Uh, the move is part of a long-term campaign by the Jewish community in Hebron to expand property uh, in the Jewish section of the city. It's only natural for Jews to be able to build or to acquire property in Hebron. The building has been named the House of Liberty, not far from the four-story building called Beit HaMachpelah, which was purchased by uh, from Arabs in 2019. These things take a long time. That, that purchase took seven years before Jews were allowed to move into that building. Our very own Yishai Fleischer, the international spokesperson for Hebron, tweeted out, the other day, uh, quote, new Jewish home in Hebron acquired by the uh, Harchavi organization, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's written in English here, so I may be mispronouncing it. We're calling it House of Liberty, said Yishai, purchased from Arabs about a year ago, three floors close to the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. So that's great news. More property, and it's needed, it's required, it's in demand for Jews, and it's only natural for Jews to purchase property and to live and show a presence in the ancient Jewish town of Hebron. Hebron. It only makes sense. So congratulations to Yishai and to the Jewish community in Hebron for the purchase of a new property there. Uh, finishing up today's show, okay? And uh, this is a, another example here of how Israel is contributing to the world, and this has to do with Dog owners out there. Last August, Israel 21C wrote about Walking Together, a social impact project from a company called Dogiz, Dog, D-O-G-I-Z, that employs dog walkers on the autism spectrum. That sounds like an amazing, pro amazing project. And that program, according to this report, continues in Tel Aviv. But because of the pandemic, there was a dent in dog walking demand. So the co-owners of D-O-G-I-Z Dog Is were nervous that they weren't going to be able to survive 
they came out with a new idea and a new product. Okay, this is actually called Dr. Poop. This is not a joke. It's an app that analyzes feces of dogs to advise owners whether they should consult with a vet. All right, unbelievable, this technology. So this has how it works. It was launched in June in Israel and in July in the UK. The new app or platform on the app allows dog owners to crowdsource health-related advice and receive activity challenges targeted to their dog. You fill in a quiz and then there's AI technology which assists to contribute to a healthier lifestyle for dogs, for their owners even. It says here that they collected 100 pictures of poop from dog walkers and sent them to 10 vets in Tel Aviv to analyze. We wanted to see whether there was any consensus on what was healthy and what was not. So again, you use this app, you take a picture of the poop, you send it in, you get a consultation, and then these people determine whether your dog is healthy or not and whether or not your dog needs a vet based on the poop, based on the feces. All right, this isn't a joke, folks. This is serious. And dog owners know that taking care of their animals is a serious business. And this is a, this is a contribution, a potential contribution to the world for those who love dogs so that people can keep their dogs healthy. And this is an Israeli technology. And if you're out there and you're listening and you are a dog owner and you believe that Israel should be the target of BDS and hate, once this is made available around the world, this AI technology, which analyzes dog feces or whatnot, don't use this technology, okay? Again, I'm not an expert on how this works or what's behind it, but the bottom line is an Israeli tech company has created this app which allows dog owners to analyze the feces of the animal and make a determination whether the animal is healthy or not. That's the bottom line. All right, let me cut to the chase. That's what it's all about. And if you're an anti-Israel hater, BDS hater, and your dog isn't feeling well, or you're not sure about your dog's poop, how it looks, if, it needs to, if your dog needs to go to the vet based on the poop, don't use this app because you would be a hypocrite. Stand strong. Let your dog suffer. But don't use this Israeli technology if you are an Israel hater. And with that, again, that's part of our good news, amazing news out of Israel, the technologies which are developed, and also our BDS anti-Israel hate call-out segment of the show in which we call out people and ask them, if they are pro-BDS, don't be a hypocrite and use any of these technologies developed in the Jewish state of Israel. And that's going to do it for today, the 1st of August, 2022, the 4th of Av 5782. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Shout out to Benjamin Breski, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein, for everything, everything she does behind the scenes. I'm a little bit tongue-tied today, I think. I don't know what it is. Not exactly sure. But um, I think that's been the case. We are headed towards Tisha B'Av this Sunday. If you are fasting, wherever you are, have a meaningful fast. And please, God, again, we will speak again next Monday. Have a great week, everybody. From Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish state. 
and the Jewish nation. Be safe, everyone. Have a great week. Every Sunday, join the Land of Israel Fellowship. This live interactive Zoom experience is hosted by Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz with participants from around the world. To join, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.